Oh, shit. Hello. Welcome back to the show. This is Root Solution, learning how to control the basics. This is Kyron. This is Noah. And today we're going to talk a little bit about our last podcast with Victor Roman. Yeah. So, um, spoiler alerts on this podcast. So if you haven't, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, I strongly recommend listening to it, uh, especially before listening to this, because this is going to be really like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, but that said, um, Kai brings Victor to us or to me and says, yo, this guy's got a crazy story. Look it up. So I looked at the story. Story's fucking crazy. Um, Kai and I are talking kind of back and forth and I'll be straight up and really, really honest. And this is like an opportunity to be kind of like real with everybody out there. Um, you know, he's a full on vegan, right? And like, he's a raw, raw Raw vegan. vegan. So he's like vegan, vegan, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't personally think that that's the best. Oh my God, this dog. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't personally think that this is the best lifestyle choice out there. Um, Now, here's the thing. If people have like proclivities towards like not eating animals because they don't want to, you know, it's a moral reason, things like that. I understand that. Like, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with a vegan diet, but from just the science that I understand, the vegan diet isn't the most optimal way to eat. Um, and I, and I've done, I've done all the research now, conversely, I also don't think that eating a ton of protein is the way to go either. Right. Like, and this is coming from a former powerlifter who ate 300 grams of protein every day, like for most of my life. So I think the answer lies somewhere in the middle, but when Kai brought Victor to me, I, I had sent Kai a text message before the text, mes- the, the podcast saying, Hey, I wasn't really sure how I felt about having this on our platform, nor was I totally sure how I felt about trying to interview somebody, not really like not believing in their cause. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I'll do my best Kai, but I may need you to like bail me out some uh, here and there. And so Kai was like, yeah, I got your back, whatever. Right. So anyways, so um, podcast goes on. Honestly, I had a great time talking to Victor and we found a lot of common ground and talked about a lot of things that are really important. And so some of the things I want to talk about here today are in the fitness industry, we have this personal bias, right? We have this idea that like what I, what I believe is true and it can only be what I believe to be true. And I think that that's a really hazardous and toxic thought process in the fitness industry for a lot of reasons, but specifically like, this is a great example. Had I not went into this podcast and tried to attempt to talk to Victor open-minded, I would have potentially lost an opportunity to learn about another aspect of nutrition that I've never really delved into. And so it kind of got me thinking and it got me thinking all, all week really after the podcast. And I was just like, man, like I'm almost kind of embarrassed. Right. Cause that's not me. Like I tend to have this really open mind when it comes to care and help. And so I had to really like kind of reconsider the way I look at myself. Like am I as open-minded as I think I am? And so, you know, I know you have a lot of experiences with this as well, but I think, you know, I, I, the way, the best way I can put it, and I actually got this from Kai, um, was the carpenter idea, right? As a carpenter, the best carpenters have the most tools that they can use for the most different scenarios, right? So if you go to a carpenter and all he has is a hammer and a screwdriver and he needs a, you know, I don't know, an exacto blade, but he doesn't have one or know how to use one, then he's going to try to use a hammer or a screwdriver to solve that problem. And this is the, the issue with, the fitness industry right 
is I, I love bodybuilding. I love powerlifting. Um, I love CrossFit. I love um, uh, yoga. We can go on for days. And the reality is that the truth is, is like all of those things are valuable and they can help people connect to fitness in all kinds of different ways. And by closing your mind to those things and not being open-minded to those things, it really closes you off in your growth as a practitioner, right? So for me, this podcast was really an opportunity to find common ground and put aside personal bias to really start to understand a system that I didn't understand, which I'm actually really happy I did. Um, Kai, what were kind of your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I kind of was trying to be almost like a mediator in the beginning, but I mean, you guys kind of just found common ground. I think there was a lot of overlap between the two, um, and, you know, in, in my experience, I've just always found that, um, when, when we think we know everything, it's the moment when we know nothing. Right. And yeah. so that's where we kind of have to be very open-minded and like, okay, well, there's something I can take from this. Right. And it's that idea of there's a lesson in everything. Right. right. So if you had said, uh, I'm not going to do the podcast cause I don't believe in any of his his ideals and any of the ideology that he has, then you would never have a chance to learn from it, which right. it sounds like you've learned a lot. So, um, you know, from the podcast, like a lot of the things that I talk about, especially when he started talking about like the dualistic view of, of the world, right. there is that like negative positive or half glass full, half glass empty. Um, the, what I call it is the law of polarity. Right. So there's, right things that are bad, but there's also things that are good that can come from that. So, you know, I, I learned a lot from it as well, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're always trying to find that one size fits all, like this is the one thing that's going to cure everybody, but we both know that it always depends on the person and it's very individualized and, you know, veganism could work for somebody and veganism could be horrible for somebody else. So, um, you know, and it's, and it's learning, you know, like, uh, we talked about with, I think Martina, it's like, we can't be afraid to, uh, refer out to somebody else or refer to somebody who we think made this, this lifestyle may be better for you. So, you know, after the podcast, me and Victor talked a little bit and I was like, you know what, anybody that I think could benefit from your services or, you know, who is like open to being vegan, like I'm going to send him his way because he's obviously researched it a lot and, and isn't uh, an expert in it. And I'm not an expert in veganism. So I'm going to send him to him because if that's, what's going to serve that person, then that's what they need. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, on the surface level, right? The simplest level, I, I agree with that, right? Like, I obviously, if you want to go vegan, like, I'm not the guy to talk to, right? Like, you guys have all listened to the auto-regulation template. You know how I feel about about food, and, and that in, food involves protein, right? Um, but there were a couple things that really kind, kind of stood out to me. You know, I had mentioned in the, towards the end of the podcast, Sean Baker. Those of you that don't know who Sean Baker is, Sean Baker is um, a surgeon, who has done a lot of research and advocates for something called the carnivore diet, which is only meat with no vegetables, no fruit, literally just meat, like no cheese. Like, and so on the surface, right? Sean and Victor 
seem really, really, really different, right? Like they're, yeah. they're on the different opposite scales of things. But the thing that really stood out to me in talking to Victor, and I kind of mentioned this on the podcast, but I want to go into more depth about this, is that realistically, Victor and Sean aren't that different. Yeah. And this is what's funny is because you find that there's this big polarity here, right? And some of that's politically driven, some of that's personal bias, some of that is love of animals, whatever you want to say, right? But in the end, what they're both advocating is high quality nutrients that are of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. And so on one hand, Victor's like, listen, I just have experience with this and it's worked for me, right? And Sean, on the other hand, is like, I have experience with this and it's worked for me. And so I don't think either are right or wrong. The irony of both of them is we've taken out all processed food. Yeah. Right? And so I... And, and I'm not going to disagree with Victor by any means, because I think when somebody's sick, there's, there is an antidote to that sickness. Yeah. And I think m- like massive doses of micronutrients seem like a pretty smart thing to do if you're really, really ill. Mm-hmm. And I actually would argue that the carnivore diet would be problematic because it doesn't give you the micronutrient profile. And so the idea of going to me, at least the idea of going raw vegan if you have cancer actually makes more sense to me than going to carnivore. Yeah. Now that said, what I, what's funny is people come to us all the time and talk to us about the ketogenic diet. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you that don't know what the ketogenic diet is, the ketogenic diet is lots of fat, no carbs or limited carbs, uh, decent amount of protein. And the idea is that we're robbing our body of glucose energy, right? Theoretic energy. And then by robbing our body into glucose, it shifts into a different way of processing energy, right? Which is ketones, right? Now, my argument against ketogenic diets has always been that you had better have a fucking backup plan because if you can't process yourself off that diet, you're gonna have a real problem because the first time you have a cupcake, you're gonna probably binge and then your blood sugar is gonna go through the roof, right? Oh yeah. Um, Which is also true of Victor's diet and also true of Sean's diet, right? But what we don't think about with the ketogenic diet is where did it come from? Like, where was the origination of the diet? And the diet came in the 40s when cancer started popping up. And what they were doing is they found that a lot of cancer cells and a lot of tumors were primarily glucose driven. And so what they found is it was as excess glucose stored in those cells. And so what they're doing is they're robbing the body of glucose so that the, they would literally starve cancer out. Yeah. Well, Fast forward, all of a sudden diabetes becomes a problem. They also find that by taking away processed sugar, you can manage insulin levels, which helps people with diabetes. So if you have diabetes, they usually put you on a ketogenic diet, right? Because it's really easy to manage insulin if you're not putting a bunch of excess insulin in your body, right? Or things that drive insulin, I should say. So the root of these diets is in sickness, and so I think this is something that we didn't cover with Victor that I'd like to cover later on. But you, the conversation with Victor was pretty simple. It was like, I was really, really, really sick and I was desperate. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to try anything and, and everything to make this work. And it worked. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to Sean Baker, Sean Baker, he'll tell you that the, the carnivore diet is more of a preventative method. Right. So you've got Victor, who's already very sick. And so Victor's like, I've got to find something that's going to solve my problem because I'm sick, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got Sean who's like, you're not sick yet, but you're going to be. So let's mm-hmm. be preventative, right? So I almost look at these diets as they they kind of correlate together, right? 
Yeah. It had Victor potentially done the carnivore diet early, maybe he never has to go raw vegan, right? Yeah. And so this is kind of my thought process when I started thinking about this. It's like in the end, you know, and we don't know any of this stuff to be true, right? Like nobody really knows the answer to these questions. But in the end, <clears throat> we know that processed food, processed carbohydrates, processed garbage, things that are lots of ingredient base, most of what is, is synthetic and not from the ground. We know that that's going to drive or, or increase the likelihood of sickness, right? Yeah. So... I don't necessarily think I'll ever advocate a raw vegan diet for anybody unless they want that. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think that would be the first place I would send them, but because I didn't close my mind off of that conversation, I am far more open-minded and have found far more common ground with Victor than I ever thought I would. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to come out here and just be really, really humble and be really vulnerable and tell people that I had doubts about that conversation. I also want to have this conversation because I worry that a lot of people are going to hear that podcast and think that we're condoning a certain diet as it's as a primary source of, of dieting, right? Yeah. What I need people to understand is our goal here is to take complex ideas and make them simple mm -hmm. to give people the opportunity to make choices on their own. And so having Victor on for me was an opportunity for us to bring in a perspective that was different that was unique, that was well thought out and give exposure. Yeah. So this is, if you're a healthy human, I don't necessarily think raw vegan is the way to go, unless it's absolutely something you want to do, which that's okay too. Um, but I don't necessarily condone it as the healthiest diet on the planet. But, but again, um, there's value. In it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, there has to be an evolutionary uh progression right of um i don't want to use the word diet but nutrition right like there you know veganism got him to where he is today right but who's to say that carnivore diet won't get him further along right or the nutrition protocol or atkins or whatever it may be right so i think that you know what i always try to tell my clients and what i try to do is just you know take my diet or nutrition protocol or just lifestyle of eating as an experiment like okay this week how does it look you know like what am i eating am i eating the right things is it processed is it not processed is it good for me is it working for me if it's not working for me i need to change it you know it's almost like um the elimination diet right you're right. constantly like reintroducing foods, taking foods out, reintroducing foods, taking things out. So, um, but also like on the other end of that, it's really hard to track that, right? Cause there's so many different things that you can put into your body, which is why I started going with um, my coach and, and I just got my blood done and he's going to take a look at it and we're going to go and go down that rabbit hole, but um, we'll, we'll keep updates on that. Uh, but um you know, to keep things simple, like we try to, it's just, you know, timing of food and, um, and really having the food work for you in the times that you need it. And if that's vegan, then we got to find protein sources. And if it's not, if it's a carnivore diet, then we need to find carb sources and, you know, time them correctly so that you have proper signals to your body so that you're functioning well. 
and course correct if needed, right? Like if right. if you're having protein during the day and it's working for you, then I can't tell you like, no, that's wrong. Like if it's working for you, it's working for you, right? So right. I think that, you know, going back to it depends, right? And, and right. We, we don't have the right answer every single time. Like there's always going to be the exception. There's always going to be people that are the anomaly and um you know for victor it was veganism for sean baker it was carnivore and you know maybe in a couple years we're gonna hear from victor and he's like this this isn't working for me anymore or we're gonna hear from sean baker and say you know what i switched to vegan like who knows right well and that's so this is the thing that that really like got my head spinning about these conversations right because in the end like we don't really know what we don't know right and yeah. so and you know i kind of talked about this with victor as well but the the truth is is when it comes to all of this stuff you know <laughs> the human body the, the science in the human body is really evolving and so from an idea of what we we know to be true um and what we don't know to be true right i think it's it's probably higher on the what we don't know so if you if we we think about like going back to like you're talking about that uh, essentially a reductive diet right like reduce things back out Mm -hmm. and so the only thing we can gauge is how we feel right and so when we start talking about food and like we start having these conversations about food like we know that if i eat this i feel this way right and so the things that take into consideration when you eat things is what time is it in the day Right. So like if you eat eggs in the morning and you eat eggs in the evening, it may have a different effect on you. Right. Yeah. But it might not be eggs. It might be when you eat the eggs. So my recommendation to people when they're having these conversations or, or these internal dialogues, you're going to have to keep logs and really like take note as to how you feel. I think personally, like um, I found that I was eating sourdough bread. Sourdough bread is like, Killer pre-workout for me. Love it. Uh, went to do Sprouts. Usually go to Trader Joe's. Got sourdough bread at Sprouts. Ate that. Felt like doo-doo. And I was like, what the hell? Looks the same, by the way. Loaf looks the same. I look in at the ingredients in the, the loaf from Sprouts, which I should have done before, but I didn't do. And there's quite a bit of soy in it. And mm. so the soy makes me feel like shit, right? And so wow. the, the sourdough bread at Trader Joe's is... Uh, expires very quickly. Um, you've got to eat it pretty fast. Um, and so it's not always as simple as like sourdough bread makes me sick. Right? Mm, What's in yeah. the sourdough bread? And I think these are the things that people really need to take into consideration. The auto-regulation diet, which is the diet podcast. And again, you guys can go back and listen to those podcasts. Um, those are starting points, right? There's a lot of information that suggests that our body can only handle about six things at any given time. So like what, what we have to understand as a, as a human race, what we've done is we've given a lot of variability to our diet, including with vegetables and fruit, right? The, re- the reality of how our body works is we're born, we drink breast milk, right? Those of you that don't know this, breast milk contains carbs, fats, and proteins, right? So Think about this, guys. The three primary macronutrients are carbs, fats, and proteins. What does breast milk do for a growing baby? It establishes the gut bacteria that can digest carbs, fats, and proteins. Imagine that. 
right? Oh Crazy. So that's why milk is always this weird thing with dietary stuff because it always it fits in a gray area, especially since some of the stuff milk-wise we're drinking isn't really milk, right? It's no. pasteurized garbage. Yeah. So something to consider here is that we set our body up with one thing to digest many things. Mm-hmm. Our gut is not that complex early on. And so when parents have kids that are really, really picky and they can't figure out why, it's because food makes them feel like ass. They feel like shit when they eat a bunch of different food. What we do is we microdose them with a lot of food, a lot of variants, and that microdosage of variants allows them to grow a more complex gut culture. But one could easily argue that pre-industrial revolution, before planes and trains and automobiles allowed us to move food cross-country with preservatives, you couldn't find avocados anywhere except for like maybe California, right? Yet people were eating avocados in Boston, right? And so, and, and do currently, right? And that's the thing I think people have to think about here is like, you know, Victor was talking about reducing his diet down to these raw, the raw stuff, right? For lack yeah. of better words. Um, he's really just taking his gut back to its essence of what it does, yeah. right? It's just simplifying the gut. So when you really start to think about our very early podcast, when we start talking about the enteric nervous system, the gut, that podcast is really, really, really important to understand, guys, because the enteric nervous system dictates all, right? Yeah. It's there's living gut culture inside of you. So there's organisms inside of you that have cells that are that are not connected to your body, right? You have aliens in your belly. I've said this before. It's not it shouldn't be that jarring. But the thing is, is those aliens dictate mood, dictate nervous system regulation, dictate digestion dictate everything. And, and I think we're going to find out in the near future that cancer, um, diabetes, a lot of this stuff is going to be driven by undigested food. Yeah. Right. And again, we're getting better and better at, at learning about the gut. Kai sent me a video the other day. There's a company who's coming out with a robot pill yeah. that can go inside your gut, take video, and then you pass the pill. And then once you pass the pill, they're able to look at the gut itself. So we're finding ways to look at the gut and it's and it's close to its ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think people are connecting enough of how the gut drives the nervous system. And, and Victor's a great example, right? If you take somebody who has a really underdeveloped gut, give them lots of complex foods, his nervous system doesn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. He now struggles with downregulation. So his chronic upregulation. He struggles with digestion. He struggles with, and if if you buy the idea that digestion drives if you can't digest foods that can't leave your body i think they become tumors and cells yeah you know and so victor and i well me victor and kai at the end of the podcast we're talking and victor said some stuff and we i'd like to have him back on so he could say it himself and i'm not putting words in his mouth but he said some stuff that was really really interesting and stuff that i very much agree with and so we're going to talk through those things in the future with him but this idea of disease is interesting because it might not be a real thing, you know? And so, um, you know, I wanted today's podcast to be short. I just want to get you guys some information about how I felt and where my head was at with that last podcast, but to kind of like framework this really quick, guys, um, I actually put, so 
for everyone, we're going to talk about uh, pharmaceutical stuff here down the road. There, I have a big bomb to drop for you guys, but I think I want to do it with Victor Kai. Because um, I think I want to hear his thought process on it. Um, yeah. But personal bias in the fitness industry has got to go. Personal bias in your life has got to go. Having this, you guys have to understand is that from a neuro plasticity standpoint, right? From the way my brain functions, we establish predictions and then observations need to match the prediction for us not to have somatic errors, right? But what if my prediction pattern is triggering, right? And so Victor for me was triggering because he's the anti-Noah, right? I'm 300 pounds and squat 700 pounds and Victor is 135 pounds and working towards wellness, right? He's the literal opposite of me. That conversation to me was potentially triggering because I was bringing somebody into my vulnerable space, my podcast, and talking about stuff that's anti what I believe, right? Which potentially makes me look foolish. And so I want to be vulnerable and be honest with this stuff with you guys because I, I want you to see how the learning process goes for me and how I evolved and learned through this process, right? Because instead of saying, no, I'm not going to do this, or instead of saying, hey, I'm going to go in and bash this poor guy for no fucking reason, <laughs> I, Kai and I had a conversation before and it was like really like, hey, listen, like let's just go into this open eyes and like see what's up. And so for me, I came out of that learning a lot. I came out of that with a whole new perspective on, on something that I didn't know anything about prior I came out of it with potentially a friend and somebody with Victor that I could use as a resource and talk to and have conversations with all because I got out of my own way. I didn't let my prediction, which was toxic and potentially hazardous mess up the observation guys, the observation, <clears throat> the observation side of neuroplasticity is where we learn, right? We can't learn if our prediction is in the way of education. So if my predictive pattern is harmful and doesn't allow me to take in the full observation, I can't learn. So guys, take this for what it is, right? But I, what I will say is when I changed this thought process and the way I did my, the way I live my life, my business, um, handled my kids, interactions with um, significant others, family, everything else, it's changed my whole life. Because if you can mute that predictive pattern, you're able to take an observation. Remember, guys, autistic savants, right? High-level autistic people that are intel insanely intelligent, typically Mensa intelligent, have limited to no predictive pattern. Their brain literally, by definition, cannot flip into that portion of neuroplasticity. The reason they're so intelligent isn't because their brain functions different than yours. It's because they have no prediction that muffles information. They can take in everything for what it is. This is an opportunity here, guys, to really think about the way you think about things. Be open-minded, especially in the world that we're in now, right? With COVID and with um, the polarization of politics and things like that, right? Just because you're a Democrat or just because you're a Republican doesn't mean you can't view things independently, right? and really think about things from a logistic standpoint. When I give everything to something, it potentially makes me very, very wrong. I love the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? I've got connections to it because of family, things like that. If the Los Angeles Dodgers do something bad, 
I have to be like, well, fuck it. I'm a Dodger fan, right? So they signed Albert Pujols. Everyone was like, wow, that's crazy. Why would you sign Albert Pujols? He's like 100 years old. And I was like, well, huh. we'll see what happens, right? Because I'm a Dodger fan. I have to say that. It's hard for me to critique the Dodgers because, frankly, I'm a fan, right? Now, the Dodgers are a really, really small space in my world, right? Like, <laughs> if the Dodgers, like, don't win the World Series or if they're in last place, it doesn't affect my mood at all, right? Um, but if there's a political measure that comes out that I disagree with, that could really change the way I function and handle life. And that can change the way I look at other people, handle relationships. Um, I mean, we can go on for days, right? And so, again, my thought process here for you guys is like control the controllable. Control the basics. <clears throat> control the basics. Uh, find the root solution. Um, but turn down that predictive measure and, and really allow observation to be the key here. Like go explore, observe information, take information in. Um, I warned Kai that I was going to be ranty as all fuck today. Um, I was. Kai, what do you think? Man? All good. All good. I think I just want to um, explain it in a way that I understand it as well. Just so sure. like some people can understand it too, uh, that don't understand the predictive model. But um, I was having a conversation with a client today about this specific thing. And it's more about, um, you know, the four agreements, right? Uh, right. like reads, it's like be impeccable with your word don't make assumptions don't take pers- things personally and then um do always do your best so the second one right don't make assumptions so when you're in that predictive model you're making assumptions you're already answering right. your own question right if you would have gone into that uh podcast like oh is victor valid in what he says and you answer your own question saying no then you're going to go into that podcast in a bitter mood and like you know trying to bash him and and make him feel bad. But when you take that assumption out and you come into it with an open mind and see, really see like, okay, what is all this veganism about? What is all this raw veganism about? Then you come into it with a different mindset and then you get a different result because you are open to hearing that side of the story, right? Like you talked about another, another doctor that was raw vegan, right? And you are, uh, you follow him, right? Like yeah. open to see what he has to say about it. So um, for all the listeners out there that didn't understand the predictive model, it's a lot about like assumption, right? Like right. you're already answering your own question in your head. Whereas if you just ask the question to that person or to whatever it is, then you're more open to hearing and understanding, right? Listening to understand, not listening to, to retaliate or to argue. But yeah, I think that... Um, it's a really important lesson for everyone to learn, right? Whether it's predictive or assumption or whatever it may be, like take that out, right? It's not going to serve you in the, in the long run. Um, and you'll be learning a lot more and learning a lot faster. Yeah. And, and guys, like really, I, I've been trying to do this for a long time. It, it, it's hard. It's really hard. And Extremely this was hard. one of those moments where I felt myself kind of get triggered and go back to the old way of thinking. Um you know, we talked about this before. What do you, you it was Jay Shetty who says you once you clean your room, you got to clean, keep cleaning it, right? Yeah, yeah. Meditation. And so that's that's it, right? Like I've just because I've like evolved from the, the way I used to think doesn't mean I don't have to continue to fight for that evolution yeah. and do my part to like not go backwards. Um raw veganism for me is triggering. It really is. And yeah. I'm really, really proud of myself and really happy that I took the perspective I did. Um, 
it was worth it. It was very worth it. And I think, um, you know, if you guys get anything out of these, these, these last two podcasts, um, hopefully it's that, is that even somebody than myself who I consider myself pretty nerdy, um, who, who reads all the, the things uh, can still learn more and can still continue to evolve and grow and, and try to be better. So um, that said, guys, thank you. Um, we'll keep this one a little bit short because I know we hammered you guys last week with a long one. Um, Kai, you got anything else for everybody? No, I think that's exactly the message that we wanted to, to give today is just, you know, change your perspective, change your life. Change your life. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, you can find me at root.solution on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, uh, the DMs still continue to pour in. We love it. Keep them coming. Um, and we look forward to continuing to make content for you that you guys like. So don't be shy. Tell us what you think. Um, Kai, where can we find you? At all the underscores. All the underscores. Came to <laughs> at control underscore the underscore basics. Uh, cool. Basics on Facebook. So thank you guys. And we will catch you on the flippity flop. Later, guys.